Hey there, it's Patrick. Thanks so much for checking out my interview with Julie Murray, who is Maura Murray's older sister. In this interview, we're going to be talking a lot about episode six of Obsessed with Disappeared, which covers Maura Murray's case by recapping episode six of the ID channel show, Disappeared. Before I say anything else, I want to let you know I'm going live with Julie on our Instagram page tomorrow night, Thursday, at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and we're taking your questions, you guys. Our Instagram handle is The Disappeared Pod, and you guys, Julie really doesn't do this often. She's kind of a private person, but she's taking your questions, and you can submit them in the pinned post in our Facebook group. The Facebook group is called Obsessed with Disappeared Podcast Discussion Group. So submit your questions there, and then Come and watch Julie and I chat live Thursday night at 6, The Disappeared Pod on Instagram. So you'll hear more about this at the top of the interview, but Julie and I first connected on Instagram after she listened to the True Crime Obsessed episodes Jillian and I did, which covered the six-part Oxygen series, The Disappearance of Maura Murray. I was very nervous to get a message from Julie, but I was then quickly relieved when she opened her message with the fact that she gets what we do and the style in which we make our episodes. Julie and I were supposed to meet in real life at CrimeCon last year, but somehow managed to miss each other. Anyway, we've become fast friends in this interview, and I can't wait for you to hear it. You guys, most importantly, if you have any questions about this case, if you want to learn more or support the search for Mora, go to moramurraymissing.org. It's the website that was built and is moderated by the family. It has a whole bunch of never-before-seen photos of Mora. Julie's updating that all the time. It's also where you'll find the most accurate and up-to-date information about what's going on in the case. All right, you guys, let's get to the interview. Um, hi, Julie Murray. <laughs> I know it's been a long time. We should have uh... be best friends by now. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's so funny because obviously we're here to talk about Mora, but the podcast feed that we're on right now is the Obsessed with Disappeared podcast. But we first like sort of got in contact after my my co-host Jillian and I covered the disappearance of Mora Murray on the Oxygen series on True Crime Obsessed. And I had heard, maybe it was from Lance and Tim, or maybe it was through a DM from you that you had listened to the episode, and I was so nervous. Did you actually listen to those episodes? Oh, I absolutely did. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, we make a true crime comedy podcast, but, like, the comedy never, ever, ever comes from, like, making fun of the crime or the victim. Like, we take all of that really, really, really seriously. But even still, I mean, obviously, it's 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 a sensitive matter. Like, what were your thoughts when you were listening to that well i number one i thought it was important for me to reach out because obviously coming from me it's the furthest thing from a laughing matter so i yes. wanted you, you guys to understand that i understood that and i wanted to thank you for you know covering mara's case um and i could just sense from the two episodes you did that it was serious to you but, but yes. there's a lot i mean there's a cast of characters in the situation <laughs> yeah in my sister's case that, I mean, there's, there's some comedy in there. And 
You're so amazing. And like, and you're, you're kind of like brief in your DMs. And why wouldn't you be like, you don't know me or owe me anything. But I remember writing back and being like shaking, like, oh my God, I can't believe you listened to this. Thank you so much for listening to this. Like, did you enjoy it? And you wrote like, yes, I totally understand what you do. And I was like, okay. It was like, all of a sudden I could have a good day that day. Yeah. it, It was refreshing for me because I'm in this, you know, I live this, it's been my life for 16 years. And Every yeah. single person that covers it or approaches me, they're just somber and sad. And yeah. that gets old. Like right? Sometimes you just need a gay guy to like screech and sort of like try to make you laugh about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I understand it's not funny. And of course, right. it's not funny. I know you guys know it's not funny, but I get it. And I wanted to also put it out there for at least the Maura Murray community, because there were some people that, that just didn't get it. Like they, they just yeah. didn't understand. And I said, listen to the episode. So, right. <laughs> and I loved it. So thank you. I have one more sort of like on a light note question for you, but I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Does your father age? I don't think your father ages because I watched the disappeared episode. I hadn't seen it before. I watched it today and that was made a really long time ago. And then I watched like, and of course I know the oxygen series really well. Your dad looks exactly the same in both of them. And they were made like 10 years apart. Yeah, I know. So my dad, it's his running. So he, like Mark and I are runners and he's been a runner his whole life and he's done marathons and he used to tell us when we were kids, he'd say, oh, this is my, the poor man's insurance that's running. amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's so smart, Dad. Like, take care of your body. And <laughs> <laughs> It is true. It's like one of the things that really stood out to me in the Disappeared episode. And like just seeing like your Instagram, like you and Mara are so fit. It's unbelievable. And somebody that I I met, I can't remember who it was. Somebody at CrimeCon had said that they had met you. And I was like, oh, I'm really hoping to meet her while we're here too. And they go, well, watch out for that handshake because she will crush those bones. (laughs) (laughs) You went to West Point, right? Yes. What did you study at West Point? Um, I studied systems engineering and also psychology. So West Point isn't just a school for people who are going into the military. Oh, no, it is. It's Everyone that graduates from West Point owes five years in the military. Oh, my God. And you served? Did you serve? You served five years? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I'm obsessed with you. So here's so you, <laughs> <laughs> you had said that the other day that you rewatched the disappeared episode. First of all, like how is it for you to watch an episode like that? Well, to be honest, I I hadn't watched it in a long time and of course I I have watched it in the past, but for for those type of things in the Oxygen series, it's for me it's one and done. I yeah, don't want to linger course. on it and anything like that. So it was good for me to to watch it. It had me shaking my head like, "Oh my god." Like they screwed yeah. up here. They screwed up here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And then, and there's like a lot of funny things in there too. Um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get to all of them. I promise. <laughs> the hard thing for me and where I had to like, I kind of like, I can't look at it is when they show my dad and uh, oh. that's, yeah. There's something about your dad. Like, you know, the way that this episode ends and I don't, I don't want to linger on it either, but like your dad just seems like a force of nature. Like, like, you know, I'm a dad. I have a six year old daughter and you know I always say that like if anything like this happened to my daughter I would be your dad like I would just be the guy that never stops looking every weekend of my life yeah he's he's incredible and if you ever met him you wouldn't know like he's got so many different interests and hobbies and he seems just like he's you know full of life yeah and then there's this like heavy heavy weight on his shoulders 
you know, my dad's in his late seventies and he's the strength that he has to be able to like live a, our new normal. Yeah. And also like, think about what kind of roses he's going to plant and like day trade and, and like, tell me uh-huh. what stock, stocks to buy. It's, <laughs> it's really, really incredible. And I, I like the way that you describe it as a force of nature because that's what he is. He's incredible. Yeah. Well, what stands out to you in the disappeared episode? Like, what are the things, let's start with like, what are the things that you notice that, that are incorrect, if anything? Ugh. The whole police uh, lack of taking this seriously from the from the night of. Yeah, it just it yeah. made my blood boil. Well, it was interesting. I noticed that the only police officer in the in the series is from Massachusetts. So the the New Hampshire police, though there is, I only know this from you know watching the, the Oxygen series a couple times. But you do see a couple of the like in in um, old videos. You see some of the police from Haverhill, from New Hampshire. Can you talk a little bit about that? About how the police handled this from the beginning and and the mistakes that were made early on? Yeah, I mean, so the Mara went missing on February 9th, which is a Monday night at 7.30 p.m., 7.30 on a Monday. And my family wasn't notified until the next day at 4 p.m. Wow. And what were they doing in that time? Well, that's a good question. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. I don't know. So I know that there was an initial very bare bones search around the area. Hey, let's look in the woods and see if we see footprints. There was a couple calls into dispatch saying, hey, be on the lookout. That was um, published. It seemed from the beginning that they just thought, oh, Oh, it's just some drunk girl from Massachusetts, Massachusetts mm-hmm. plate based on nothing. Like they're just assuming that, that that was what it was. And so when she didn't resurface that night or the next day, that's when they said, oh, well, maybe we should figure out like who the family is. And yeah, the car was registered to my dad. So it would have been a quick procedural. Let's look up this plate and call whoever this person is, you know, for them not to call the owner of the abandoned car until 4 p.m. the next day. We've lost those critical hours. Do you have any sense of where she was going, why she was there, why she was on that road in Haverhill? That's the thing. That's what makes the Marmory case so interesting, because I don't. Yeah, my dad doesn't. I don't. I mean, there's theories and I can try to make a best guess. What would your best guess be? I think, um, well, there's a couple different recent theories floating around um, that maybe she was going up there to pay a reinstatement fee for a suspended license that she had gotten the summer before. But again, I don't know. She didn't yeah. tell anybody. And what about the the alcohol? I mean, again, like, no judgment, girl. Like, I would have had triple the amount of the alcohol if I were going away for, like, a solo weekend, please. But, like, seeing the reenactment, I don't know if the reenactment was real, if, like, if they actually, like, did, a, like, an actual accounting of what she got. But she did seem to have a lot of alcohol, which, which just to me implies she was maybe going to see somebody or she was going with somebody else. Does any of that hold any weight for you? Well, what I know is that she had the um, ingredients to make a white Russian. Which I was kind of like, girl, we can do better than that. Like, we we can do better than that. She was 21 and, you know, you don't know. You don't, you think white Russians are the best thing ever. I don't know. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But 
here's the deal. Like I I've thought about like, if I was going to buy white Russian ingredients, it's hard to buy like white Russian ingredients for one. You're right. You're right. We make Manhattans at our house and like, you can't get a little thing of sweet vermouth. Like you literally use an ounce of it in a Manhattan, but you can only get like a liter bottle of it. You're so right about that. I have chills. Like I've never like that. that to me, this is a revelation. Yeah. White Russians were 100% her, her favorite drink. Cause she drank them with me. <laughs> <laughs> have you moved on? Do you have a new cocktail, Julie? I do. I do. Okay. <laughs> I'm more of like a beer, like low key beer wine yes. girl now. Because I once you hit a certain age, you can't recover, and so I, with all that sugar and dairy, no, thank you, ma'am. Um, one of the things that like I hadn't heard, I, I gotta tell you, like I'm really, really fascinated by the obviously Morris case. Like, you know, I make a true crime podcast, so I get the question all the time: if you could solve one case, what would it be? And I'm always like, Maura Murray, like I. Again, like I have a daughter and I just I feel this case in my bones. I think about it all the time, as as so many people do in watching the disappeared episode. There was for me new information because I've never seen this episode before. And one of the things was Bill's mom talking or maybe it was Bill himself talking about like the whimpering phone call. I haven't heard much of that in other places. Is this a real thing? This is an absolutely real thing. So the backstory is Bill was rushing to get to New Hampshire and he's in the airport. I don't know which airport. I can't remember. And he's going through security. So he didn't hear his phone ring. Um, uh. So once he gets passed through security, he's get the, the notification for a voicemail. So then he looks at the voicemail. He describes it as a whimpering female voice with kind of like a sighing, kind of crying. Yeah. And he was convinced then that it was Mara. Um, and his mom is, you can see in the disappeared episode, his mom is pretty convinced that it was Mara. Um, but yeah. when the police looked into it uh, and when Sharon Roush, um, Bill's mom, called it, it came back as a prepaid calling card. But then the police said it was from the Red Cross trying to confirm Bill's emergency leave through the army. Oh. But it's confusing because a Red Cross normally wouldn't call. Or use a calling card. Exactly. So... I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah. And, and another thing, too, was the, the Cumberland Farms sighting. Again, I, they show the exterior of Cumberland Farms. I don't know if it was actually at a Cumberland Farms, but that somebody said like the next day or, or, or very soon after the disappearance, there was a younger woman with like a 60 ish old year old man who was mouthing the word help me. Is this another real thing? The report is real that a woman stated that yeah. nobody in my family has ever spoken to her. But mm-hmm. that's that's the interesting thing. And I'm sure you you know, by covering all these cases is that once you put an alert out and once you put flyers up, you start to see stuff like yeah. everyone starts to see Mara every, like in Ireland and Canada. Yeah. And People care so passionately about this case that when it's on your mind so much, you see things. Yeah. I mean, it gets into the psyche of the, you know, and just human nature. Like if yeah. you're not looking for something, you're, you're not going to see it. So I don't know. I don't know how valid that is. I know the police were notified. I'm not sure if anything ever materialized but my family never knew the result of that. One of the things that your dad really fought for was to have access to the case files, which, you know, I guess he wasn't given because it's an, a quote, active and, you know, open case. Is that the final? I mean, will you guys ever get to see the, the case files? I certainly hope so, because there are, are a lot of them. You know, my dad fought, my like you said, my dad did everything that any father of a missing child should do and, and beyond. Um, so, you know, he sued the state of New Hampshire for those case files because ultimately, 
say we wanted to see what was on her computer. Yeah. Because a random police officer from New Hampshire who doesn't know me or my family could look at her computer and just brush by something that I would be like, whoa, wait a minute. What is that? Like she, she said this word or, you know, I could interpret some of that stuff, but they just flat denied it with the explanation that there's a 75% chance that the case would end in a criminal trial. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, that was in 2006 or seven. So where's the criminal trial? Right, right, right. So does that imply that they think that they have an idea of, of what happened? I don't know how else the attorney general could say there's a 75% chance of a conviction. And right. then for over 10 years to go by and not a single suspect. So that's frightening to me because if he truly believed there was a 75% chance of conviction, then that means there's a predator roaming the streets of uh, Haverhill and Woodsville. You know what I think about all the time? is like, how hard would it be for you or one of your siblings to like become a police officer in Haverhill, New Hampshire? Oh my God, I'm not doing it. <laughs> maybe I'll do it. Girl, maybe I will do you it. do it. I- I'm not the one. <laughs> I mean, you know, can I ask you the delicate question of like, do you do you have a, an idea of like what you and your heart believe happened or or at least like is, is Mara still with us? I don't think so, um, because if she was able to contact somebody in the family or Billy or somebody, she would have. Uh, it's been 16 years and she hasn't made contact. No one's heard or seen from her. Um, and so what that tells me is that something terrible happened. Let me ask you this. I mean, more the name Maura Murray is so famous now. You know, what is your life like in terms of like, are you able to compartmentalize this and and sort of like go about your day and not think about it all the time? Or is it something that is always with you? And how is it to also be connected to such a well-known case that people are so obsessed with? That's a good question. It's weird for me because I'm kind of a private person and I don't like this spotlight. I've said it before. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard in that aspect, but at the same time I realize I have a responsibility to my sister. She would do the same for me to keep her name out there and keep it one of the most intriguing, one of the really it's one of the uh, most famous missing person cases in the world of all time. Absolutely it is. Yeah, it's weird for me, but I'm able to go about some sort of normalcy. Um I do carry it with me. My whole family does all the time, but we're able to balance it. There are some times where it's more difficult, like not really around like the anniversary, but around other just like private times where I just like look at a picture or, you know, I've got things around my house that remind me of her. Yeah. So that's difficult. But that's why I'm in such good shape because (laughs) (laughs) that handshake, I do a lot of a lot of working out as a stress relief uh, and a lot of running. I call running my church and I do a lot of um, reminiscing about Mara when I when I work out. So <laughs> uh, in the last couple of years, there's every now and then something pops up like this. This thing is happening in the Maura Marie case. What what what's the latest? Yeah, that's what's crazy. There's always something happening. Yeah, it's a cold case, but it is. I can tell you it is not cold. Oh, my God. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got to thank. I've got to thank you guys. I've got to thank oh. the community. I've got to thank yeah. all the people that are just like really something about Mara like captures people in her story. And it's yeah. just awesome. And I'm thankful. And I'm you know, I, I understand that not all missing people have that magnetism. Mm-hmm. But the latest is I push for another good GoFundMe campaign, which we've raised over $10,000. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. 
And that's on top of the one that Maggie and Tim and Lance had previously done, which was also amazing. And so we did all kinds of sample gathering. And Mm -hmm. so now with the new GoFundMe uh, funds, we are going to test it. When I say it, like all the samples. So we've got a ton of samples. What kinds of samples do you guys have? Oh, man, we have soil we have wood we have fabric we have concrete we anything and everything that could possibly have any traces of dna from multiple locations we have it the obstacle is COVID 19 (laughs) oh yeah of course um will you tell the people where they can donate and and you know i think you said there's a whole new website and and everything so tell everybody what they need to know how they can support and what they can do yeah so this past may on may 4th um that would have been morris 38th birthday my family and i launched a new website uh it's maramurraymissing.org and I'm so excited about the website because it kind of puts everything that you want to know about Mara in one spot. Um, so there's a, almost all the media coverage that we've had for the past 16 years are on there. So people can go on there and just click and get to every article. And you can only stay on the surface level of Mara's case for so long before you do right. the deep dive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. Yes, I, of course. <laughs> I saw the picture of you at the ATM. Oh God. I hope that that didn't come off like crass. I really wanted to go like be a place where she was. It was the wrong ATM, by the way. Was it? Yes. Maggie told me that it was the, it's the ATM by the liquor store. And I went, we were staying in a cabin out by UMass Amherst, literally like the next exit. And I was like, I want to go see the ATM. And we went to the on-campus ATM. So we did it wrong. So we have to go back. But no, I was a big fan of you guys. And I was like, oh, thank you. (laughs) Oh, that makes me so happy. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. Thank you. Yeah. So little uh, sidetrack there. So back to the website. So uh, the media hits are on there. So you can do the deep dive right from the website. All the links are in there. There's a blog section um, that people close to the case, the family are going to keep that updated. Um, people can comment on right there. Um, there's a contact Great. section that has a place for tips, a place to contact me directly. Oh, wow. Yeah, a place to donate to the GoFundMe. That's on the contact page of the website. And again, that's marmarimissing.org. Dot org, you guys. Don't mess that up. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the whole point of the website is, it, number one, it's a tribute to Mara. There's pictures on there and they're never seen before um, pictures. Oh, wow. My family put the little backstory about each one on there. So it's kind of cool to see those. I have a whole bunch more pictures that I'm going to continuously add to the website, keep it maintained pretty well. The website's a great tool for not only my family, but the community. Well, those are all the questions I have for you. Is there anything else you want to say that you think is important to know? Yeah, I want people to know that this community is what is going to solve the case. Yeah. I'm probably not going to solve the case. I'm definitely not going to solve it alone. Yeah. Um, So I, I implore people to continue to talk about it continue to laugh about it like yeah funny aspects about this yes. but keep in mind like i'm mara's sister i don't think mm-hmm. this is funny of course but there are you know we've got to keep it light and we've got to keep pushing and 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 that's one way to do it and that's why i really appreciate the structure of what you guys do and how you keep people engaged and want to like want to listen and and i can't thank you enough for covering it that's so nice because that's what we say all the time is that we what we are trying to do is 
is find a new way to keep the conversation going, you know, and like respecting how hard and sad it is for everybody. But like, like you're saying, if we can have a little bit of lightness, it makes it a little bit easier to listen to that because you never know when the clue, the tip, the thing is going to be knocked loose in somebody's brain. You know what I mean? And it's like, if we can just be another podcast, another something where we're keeping it going and people are listening like that is we are happy to play that role yeah and you guys are crushing it i mean you do it really well thank and, you you know i listen to everything you guys put out i look at all all of your social and you do well now i'm gonna be self-conscious when i make social media posts <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm obsessed with you. I was wondering, and of course, just say no if you don't want to do this, but when this episode comes out, do you want to do an Instagram live with me and we can like talk to the listeners directly? Absolutely. Um, especially because there's a couple other things we didn't really get to talk to about the the disappeared episode that... Oh, yeah. Or sh- should I just talk about it now? Yeah, no, tell me. Tell me, please. Towards the end of the episode, it just blows my mind that you see Bill's mom saying, oh, we looked at Mara's phone records and we called all the numbers of the day of her disappearance. Mm-hmm. And they call the owner of a condo in Bartlett, New Hampshire. Yes, with that accent, girl. Yes, <laughs> Linda Salamon. And she's like, I know. no one's ever called me. And she's mad. She's mad. She was like, I wish someone would have called me sooner than the fall. Yes. And I just like still when I rewatched it, I like fall over and I'm like, how could an investigation not include calling people that Mara called the day of? How is it possible? It's so crazy. It's like we've covered so many of these cases. And I think somebody even says it in the disappeared episode where it's like, well, she's a grown up. If she wants to run away, like that's her God given right or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, it is a certain level of like not my jobbing it. That is so enraging. It's enraging. It's enraging for for me as her sister, but it should enrage everyone. And it enraged Linda Salamone. And it was kind of amazing to watch that because she actually conjures the rage. She's like, I'm mad. She says, I'm mad. You know, like she really cares. Yes. And then it's back to your point about, you know, her being 21 and and having the right to disappear. Well, in the press release, the police are the ones that brought up suicide. Nobody in my family ever brought up suicide. Why would you put it in a press release? You know, in the the episode of Disappeared, that's right before Mora's, there's a, a similar situation where a kid turned 18 and had been texting his friends the night before he went missing and they the police interpreted those texts as like a suicidal possibility and the police got super involved like a airplane and a helicopter with infrared and like divers in the lake like and it's just so crazy that it can be so different from one state to another yeah it, it is crazy and it just feels like and even re-watching it this many years later it feels like they just planted an out from the beginning that here's our out she's suicidal it's in the press release how could you determine she was suicidal you know without even talking to the family and if she if you have decided that she is suicidal isn't it your responsibility to try to find her yes (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, isn't that the next logical thought? Like, it's crazy. Do you think that we will have a resolution to this case someday? Yes. 
Yeah, I tell everyone that. It's crazy because I've said this before, but as time passes, cold cases lose momentum. They lose traction. Mm -hmm. Mars case does the exact opposite. Yeah, There's just more intrigue. There's more, how could this happen? And we just gain more people every single day to the community. And it's, it's amazing. It should not happen. And it's happening. And I want to harness the the energy of the community. I want to bring these smart people together. And yes, we're going to solve the case. It, yeah. I 100% believe it. I just want to do it soon because my dad, like I said, my dad, 70, you know, late 70s. He doesn't like me to tell his age because, you know. <laughs> I could hear you stopping yourself. I was like, girl, don't say it, girl. Well, don't say it. because, you know, like he's a ladies man. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look at him. Of course he is. Yeah. So people say he looks like Clint Eastwood. I don't know if I agree. Uh, but. It's You know, I'm from Massachusetts and like hearing your dad talk, he just sounds like all the people I know from my youth. It just He's so endearing. And every like interview that he gives and everything I've ever seen him talk, he's just like such a sweet man. Yeah. Uh, but he's also a bulldog. Like, don't mess with him. <laughs> I'm definitely not getting on his list. I want nothing to do with his list. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for this. And we will for sure do the Instagram live. And can we be best? Are we best friends now? Like officially? Totally best friends. Yep. (laughs) Am I allowed to text you from time to time? Yes. You have my number. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I am so glad to know you. I want to thank you for all the work that you're doing to keep this going and to make that incredible resource, that website with uh, with like, you know, here's the correct information here. If you want to go down the rabbit hole, this is the rabbit hole. And I think that is so great. This is how this stuff's going to get solved. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Julie Murray. I'm obsessed with you. Oh, thanks. I'm obsessed with you guys, too. When I meet you in real life, I'm giving you a hug and not a handshake because I have to survive. <laughs> well, I might crush <laughs> your, your like, shoulders. I don't know. <laughs> well, it'll be worth it. It'll be totally worth it. I won't bench that day, maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my God. You're the best. Thanks for listening to this interview, you guys. Huge thanks to Julie Murray for doing this. Once again, you guys, if you have any questions about the case, if you want to learn more or support the search for Mora, go to moramurraymissing.org. It's the website that's built and is moderated by the family. There's a ton of never-before-seen pictures of Mora. The family updates it all the time. And like Julie said, it's where you'll find all the most accurate and up-to-date information. And lastly, if you want to check out the True Crime Obsessed episodes in which we cover the six-part Oxygen series, The Disappearance of Mora Murray, they are episodes 84 and 85 in the True Crime Obsessed podcast feed. All right, you guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. 